Welcome to Board Game Impact, a podcast where we look into board, card, dice, and other game-related topics of interest so you can know their potential impact for when they hit the table for your gaming group. Today, we're joined by a special guest who makes high-quality, unique stop-motion how-to-play videos. Welcome back to another episode of Board Game Impact. My name is Bruce Brown, and I'm your host on Board Game Impact. You can find me on Board Game Geek as Bruce Brown, and you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Board Game Impact. Today, we have a special guest joining the show. Can you please introduce yourself and tell the listeners how to connect with your work? My name is Greg Cornell. I do stop motion animation, and you can find all of them on my YouTube channel called Animations by Greg Cornell. Um, stickfas are a type of toy that was very easily animated figurines. And um, so I just kind of hyphenated stickfa and mation. Some people find it a little hard to, to uh, spell out. They can also go on to boardgamegeek.com and find all of my videos linked in all of the, the games that I've done. Perfect. And that's stickfa, S-T-I-K-F-A. Dash Mations, right? Perfect. Correct. So S T I K F A. Um, so Greg's on the show today because he's been creating and producing and publishing some really interesting, unique board game content over the last couple of years, as you just mentioned, called Stick Formations. Uh, so Greg, what got you interested in making stop motion videos? Well, when I was a kid, I was looking for a career, and uh, I always thought maybe I'd be an astronomer or do something in, about space, but that. The science and math didn't really excite me, but movies sure did. And so when I watched, uh, you know, Star Wars, I was a big fan, Star Trek too. But when I saw the making of The Empire Strikes Back, I saw them doing the stop motion animation in those in that movie for a lot of the creatures and the uh, Imperial Walkers, and that really looked interesting to me. And I thought I could learn how to do that. And so I'd say from my freshman year in high school, I kind of focused my attention in that direction. So freshman year of high school, you turned your direction towards stop motion. Did you immediately start making some videos yourself? Uh, I didn't have a camera that could do stop motion very well. I did some like small work with toys uh, in Super 8, but it wasn't actually animation. Not until I got into college where I studied film and video production with an emphasis in animation. And that's where I really started to learn how to do what they call pixelation, which is what I, what I do. It's 3d figures or objects moving around and you just move them a little bit and click the button and shoot a frame of, of, uh, at that time film. And then, uh, keep on working at it. Can you remind the listeners how many shots go into a single second of video? Well, nowadays it's, it's what you, whatever you want to. Um, back when I first started film was projected at 24 frames a second. And I was taught that nobody could discern the difference between 24 or 12 frames a second. So the, the rule of thumb was move and click twice. And so you got 12 movements per second of, of, uh, actual film time in now that we're running digitally, it's a heck of a lot easier and you can 
put the frame rate anywhere you want to. You can move it up, move it down. It, the choice is yours. It's, it's a, it's a vast, uh, plethora of things you can do with your, uh, with your digital videos nowadays. So just to get this straight, so when we look at the, one of the videos you did was Above and Below, um, a how to play video, and a little bit more about the game. Uh, that video is about nine and a half minutes long, which multiplied that out. That's about 6,000 photos, correct? Yep. I actually do a photo count on at the end of each of my videos if you wait for the credits at the end. And the project projection rate is usually 12 frames a second. Wow, that's incredible. So have you always incorporated stickfas into your animation videos, your pixelation? Well, not when I was starting out back in college, but when uh, whenever I saw toys, a friend of mine started collecting some stickfas, and I, I just always looked at them with an animator's eye because how, how, how they can be articulated uh, with, the, they say, points of articulation. If you got a lot of that, you got a lot of... Uh, variety in what you can do with a with a figure. So um, when I started looking at trying to do some animations here now that I'm I'm older, and I didn't really have a uh, a good idea of what to do, my wife suggested maybe I teach people how to play uh, the board game Power Grid by uh, using stop motion, and I thought, well. It would be boring just to be pieces moving around. There should be somebody talking about it, some sort of um, character in that video. So the first thing I did was get one out and picked up a bunch of stickfas and started moving them around, and, and it worked out really well. I actually found a lot of resources online that helped out with animation. Oh, fantastic. And I got to say, in watching some through some of your videos, those stickfas really help highlight what's going on in the game. But then what you do in moving around the dice and other components is really, really unique. Uh, so you said that your wife kind of gave the nudge for this, and the first game was Power Grid. What have you learned in for yourself in creating these videos? Well, first of all, the I never did get around to animating Power Grid. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how life works out like that, right? I thought, well, Power Grid was, was getting old and, and had a lot of videos. So I, I the first one I chose was, Par um, I'm sorry, Quantum. Mm. I just picked it up and I really enjoyed that game. So, um, and your question was, how did I get from there to here? What have you learned along the way? Well, <clears throat> the <laughs> when I look at my first video, I can, I cringe it's everything I did wrong. Every um, everything that I shouldn't have done, I did in that video, and I, I learned, first of all, not to zoom in. Mm. The quality of the video is much worse when you zoom in, so I try to keep it is is uh, zoomed out back to to one. We call it a one power as much as I can. Sometimes I have to do a, a little bit of zooming, but I never go out above two power. And um, I learned to try to keep the movement from being so so constantly in motion. A little pause here and there makes it look a little bit more natural. Because mm. if you see somebody talk, they don't move their head around all the time. And that's what I was doing all the time with my, my figure. 
just to, because I had no face on it. I didn't want to try to put myself through the rigors of train of, uh, animating the mouth movements. So I never put a mouth on any of my figures. They have no eyes, no mouth. They just bobble their head and you, you know, they're talking, but it's always my voice that is speaking for them. And I got to say, although they have no mouth, no eyes or anything like that, they do have a lot of personality. So thinking of the skeleton and the Viking figure, they've got a lot of personality coming through in those videos. It stands out really well. Thank you. So what inspires you to keep going since you got started? Well, the feedback that I get from people, especially when I first uploaded my very first video, the, the positive reaction was really overwhelming. I I was grinning from ear to ear for a week. People just were so generous with their praise. And I was, you know, I was nervous that it was going to be looked upon as dumb or silly or whatever, or just not very well made. And people just gobbled it up and really encouraged me. So I went ahead and kept on going. And I, uh, I just do it in my spare time. I don't have a lot of spare time. Uh, I usually wait until everybody goes to bed and then I, I stay up for about an hour, hour and a half on the, every, every weeknight. And I, uh, I pump out a few seconds of animation every day. And then, um, once in a while I have an extra hour or two in the weekend and, and do some work then. Wow. But it just, uh, just a labor of love. I just plug away at it. And then, um, usually by the end, when it gets to the end of the video, by the time I'm really seeing the, the end point, I, I might put a few more hours in at the end just to try to finish the project and get it out there. <laughs> How long would you say on average it takes you from inception to creation? Um, at my slow pace, just doing it casually, it takes me about two months per animation. Wow. Um, that's, that includes writing the script, recording the audio, um, choosing my, my figures to go in the video and then setting everything up to, to start shooting. Where do you typically start in, in the actual sh shooting of the video? Mm -hmm. Um, I just take the script and I just start from the top. And if I see something in the script that I, I'm going to keep on going back to like, um, uh, a player aid or something that just, you have to point out everything that's on the player aid. Um, I'll use, I'll shoot all that at one time because it's, it's all there and I'll insert those pieces later. But I usually just start at the top and just, um, I'll look at one sentence and I'll think, well, okay, what would I do to show this sentence visually? And then I, um, just come do whatever comes to mind. Now shooting digitally really allows me a lot of freedom that I didn't have when I first started learning animation because back in the day I had film and you, you kind of hoped what you were doing was working out and then you sent it off to the lab and then you got it back a few days later and then you watched it and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't right now with my uh, digital applications, I can just uh, watch it right back. And if it didn't work, I'd shoot it again. Um, also, there's this thing called onion screen where you can see a ghost image of the previous shot that you did. So I can see if my movement is too big or too small or, or what. So I can 
really helped me time out how far to move the arm or the or the the die, you know, whatever's moving across the screen. That's fantastic. And I'm glad technology really has helped out in a lot of different ways of life. And I'm sure that your videos from all the feedback I've seen online has helped a lot of people get these different games to the table or influence their decisions and really make a positive impact. I'm curious in going through all the different rules for these games and teaching them and learning them, has doing these videos impacted the way that you go about learning a game for yourself or introduce, introducing it to friends? Absolutely. My, my wife dreaded learning new games because <laughs> I was the absolute worst teacher that could possibly teach a game. So I really had to learn how to teach games better. And I paid attention when I listened to podcasts, when the, that same question comes up, how do you teach a game? And so you, I tried to give them, give people a whole overview of the game, even though I, I kind of go through the setup at the beginning just to give them an idea what what's coming up. But my focus has become put this five or 10 minute video in front of people, maybe while you're setting up the game, because it may take you that long to set up a game. Just have them watch the video. They might not get every rule, but they'll certainly understand the gist of the game and they'll get a, quite a quite a bit of the rules, and they won't be lost when you get down to the nitty gritty. That's a really good piece of advice because you get all the setup time anyway, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I've done it with my own friends. I've I've said, well, instead of me teaching you how to play the game, you know, sitting there listening to me, watch this video and listen to me teach the game. <laughs> uh, perks of uh, being in your street, right? <laughs> Yes, I put the iPad in front of them and then I set up the game and they listen to it. And <laughs> So I want to circle back. So you mentioned about how you developed this content. You didn't know how it was going to go. You got the nudge from your wife for Power Grid, but ended up making the other video. Put it out there. Let's see how this is going to go. You got all this positive feedback. How has that feedback and this whole process impacted your being part of the gaming community or in your life outside of gaming? Um, as far as my gaming life, uh, I feel a lot more confident explaining new games to people. Um, and I'm getting a, a, quite a collection of games. And so my, uh, my friends and everybody, they, we have no, uh, no lack of new things to learn all the time. <laughs> the, the fun parts about being in the hobby, right? Yeah. What has been challenging in this process for content creation or uh, picking a game or anything else? Uh, picking a game, that's not really too hard. I've, I've got a lot of games that I want to find time to, to animate. I've got a lot of publishers who, have, who send me games that say, you know, we'd like to see a video of this one. Red Raven was one of the first ones to send me a lot of games. Mm. So um, I don't want to just do all Red Raven games one after another. So I'm spacing them out with the other publishers. But um, those games are fantastic to animate. Mm -hmm. They're so fun to look at. Well, the fact that he also animates his own art for all the, all of his games, Ryan Lockett. Yeah. Yep. It's very impressive. Then um, getting a, a cohesive script together that would really, really educate people. I have to really, uh, make sure that I'm, I've got my rules straight. And sometimes I've, I've missed a rule here or there uh, that I, 
didn't, uh, well, a couple of them I just didn't think were relevant in the game because they're variations on a rule. And one time I just skipped a paragraph and completely got a rule wrong. So people called me out on it and I, I make amends in the comments, but I, I can't go back and change the video. Um, and then as far as my, my channel or my, uh, the, once I put it out in the world, it, it doesn't seem to be spreading very, very quickly. You know, some people really like it, but, um, over four years that I've been doing this, um, my, I've only got, I got just shy of 2000 subscribers on my, my channel. And I, I didn't think that was going to take that long to get up to that point. I thought maybe it would, it would become more popular over time, but maybe that's just due to the fact that I can't produce a lot of videos quickly. Most of the most more popular YouTube channels get, they just pump out the videos one after another. And so it gets fresh in people's minds. They have more to share. They have more to talk about. Uh, mine just plod along, you know, a few every year. And <laughs> I'm hoping I can get my, uh, my production ramped up so I can get, get it done more quickly. Absolutely. And in all that, yes, so them putting out the different content definitely helps with their uh, search engine optimization. But I got to say, the quality of what you're putting out is top notch. And I hope that you're able to uh, see those returns, like you're saying. But I'm curious for you, uh, in looking at it, what would what are you most proud of? Well, probably the comments that I get are the most impactful. I have had people tell me that they, one, one guy that I, um, has, has said that he put it up on his, what is Chromecasted it to his television to teach his whole family how to play a game that they all were engaged and they all understood it quickly. And he didn't have to even get out the rule book. They were all, they were on board playing the game as soon as they watched my video. And that really, that really made me happy. I, those types of things, they, they make me feel like what I'm doing is important. What I'm doing helps a lot. And that's really great. And uh, that's really why our channel exists, is to help highlight some of those impacts that you're having on other people's lives. So I'm really glad that we were able to talk today. Uh, what's one last piece of advice you would have for people uh, approaching a new game or uh, going out there and joining the hobby for the first time? Um, joining the hobby for the first time, uh, look around, try everything. You might look at something and think, that's not for me. And then once you try it, you're going to be surprised that you really enjoy that. Um, and the opposite might be true. You may find that, uh, you, you really, really like certain games and after you play them variations of them and, and, uh, you may find that they get kind of samey and, and you need to branch out. Um, I'd say go wide, expose yourself to as much as you can and learn about as many games. There's so many games out there and, and uh, take the time. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to explore this, this hobby. It's a wonderful hobby. And Greg, how can our listeners find you and your work? They can find me um, on YouTube at Stick Formations by Greg Cornell. I have the same thing on Facebook, Stick Formations by Greg Cornell. And at the end of each of my videos, I put my email address so they can 
contact me directly at gregoryofcatan at gmail.com. Well, Greg, I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you're doing to enhance the hobby and push it in positive directions and the obvious high quality product that you're putting out there. And I hope all the listeners go out there and check out your content. Uh, but thank you for joining us so much today. Have a, have a wonderful day. Well, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate you putting me on today. It was fun. Well, that wraps up another episode of Board Game Impact. Again, my name is Bruce Brown, and I'm your host. If you'd like to know more about Greg's fantastic work, I've put all of his links in the show notes. Today's show has been made possible thanks to our fantastic Patreon backers. You can learn more about myself and the show by visiting patreon.com slash boardgameimpact, as well as the show's website, boardgameimpact.com. I encourage you to connect with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you have a topic that you'd like to have discussed, please email me at boardgameimpact at gmail.com. Until next time, go have a positive impact on the world.